Welcome to the Beyond Ordinary Women podcast. Every two weeks, we post podcast versions of one of our free training videos, or you can access our videos now at beyondordinarywomen.org. Enjoy the podcast. Hello, I'm Kay Daigle of Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries, and I'm delighted to be with you today and to share my time with Arnita Taylor. Arnita is the author of a book, The Language of Healing for a Polarized Nation. And she and I are going to talk about that book today. Arnita is the founder and the owner of Eight Leadership Development Group. She has more than 25 years of experience in leadership in a local church. She served at Gateway Church in South Lake, Texas, as their small groups pastor. She has a wealth of experience in leadership. She has a degree in leadership. So she is a great person to talk to us about this topic of the language of healing for a polarized nation. And the subtitle of the book is, is really interesting. I need to read it to you. Creating Safe Environments for conversations about race, politics, sexuality, and religion. So this is going to be a very important conversation because we all know where we are in those areas in our country today, as she called it, a polarized nation. Welcome, Arnita. We're so glad to have you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And thanks for your kind words. I hope I can live up to that. <laughs> oh, well, I know that you can. You know, Arnita, I've completed a number of workshops with Peacemakers Ministries, and they're really, really wonderful. And for people in a conflict, they're very helpful. But I don't know that they go back and help us avoid conflict of the kind that is divisive and difficult. And I believe that's what your book does. And that's the reason I've been so excited about it since I read it myself. You and the two co-authors talk about areas that we have conflict in and you don't agree with each other all the time and yet you do so in a very exemplary way and so just reading the book is an example and it makes it easy to follow the book because each chapter is really just conversations among the three of you you each take turns speaking about it and writing about it so as we think about our conversations in the middle of this particular time in our country, uh, you have called this first video podcast an opportune time, and yet it doesn't feel very opportune. It feels like these are topics that we should avoid rather than, than converse about. And I find myself and in this moment, often shrinking back from those conversations because I'm afraid I'm going to lose a friend or people are going to think, tag me with some label um, that they use to divide. So I'm very interested in why you describe this as an opportune moment. Well, you know, I think we say it's an opportune moment because really and truly, uh, in the climate of our country, there's never been a more ripe opportunity to talk about this. Uh, again, it depends what generation you are, how old you are. Uh, but I grew up in a generation where you never talked about those things ever. 
ever. It was just like taboo. You don't talk about it. And so now we see all of these podcasts and uh, conversations and everything. Well, people wanted to get in the room and kind of talk about it, you know, somewhat cautiously. But but certainly, I think it provides a ripe opportunity. In the book, when we talk about an opportune moment, we we are really challenging you to understand how you show up in every conversation. You know, any conversation has the proclivity to turn into one of these four right now in particular. And so uh, be mindful of it's your opportune moment to decide how you show up in a conversation. You know, Wayne, Bob and I, we're, we're just three concerned citizens. You know, we, we're not, we're just regular ordinary people, uh, except he wrote the shack. So he's pretty special, but how do you want to show up in a conversation? Do you want to show up to provide nourishment or do you want to show up to provide toxicity? Do you want to show up and say, you know, I got a lot to learn or do you want to show up acting like you know everything? So each one of us have, have an individual responsibility to receiving and, and um, following through on the opportune moments and you have them every day. We have them every day. Now, now social media is not the best place to do this, but I think we've learned so much about the people in our lives because of their posts. And so people are going, wow, I didn't know they believed that way. Oh my goodness. So everything's more um, out loud and, and open. And so that provides us moments to really engage in a different level. I love the way that you talked about entering a conversation with the mindset of it creating nourishment for the other person and concern for the other person, because that speaks of love. And certainly that's what we need to be about. And I can hear that in your conversations with your two co-authors as you discuss things. It's all done so respectfully and with that attitude of nourishment. Arnita, why do we need a new language in order to have healing discussions? Exactly what does that mean? You know, I, I, we call it, or I think it's a new language because it's language you haven't had to use before. And that's what makes it new. You know, there, it, nothing's new under the sun. The words, uh, the phrases aren't gonna be new, but the way you bring them into a conversation, the way you bring them into uh, relationships for better dialogue, uh, I think it's really hard for people who you're close to to have these conversations because let's face it, group think is real bias and everybody thinks my friends believe like me. Well, no more is that happening. And, and we're seeing how we vary on, on different things, but as concerned citizens, as concerned believers, uh, we need to have some tools to, to decide how we're gonna enter into better dialogue and discourse. And of course, mutual respect should always be a given. Uh, in a conversation. I respect you as an individual, you respect me. And often that respect should not be just based on agreement. And so you really get to find the litmus test of your relationships if they're based on conditional agreement. That says more than uh, probably some people wanna know. Uh, but we want, we, you know, you don't have to enter into conversations convincing people that your way is the way or the default or the right way. Uh, and sometimes we just operate in a lot of pride in that. And if it's not pride, often it's just we're not aware that there are other people who experience the very same things that we do and take totally different outtakes from it. It's like reading a book or watching a movie, Kate. 
we can do that and you and I will bring 15 different things from it. It's okay, we do that with life experience too. So becoming a safe space doesn't mean you, you won't be uncomfortable. It just means that you have the emotional bandwidth to allow to be in conversation with the people who have different experiences without the need for you to change it and it line up with you. Okay. Tall order. You know, it is a tall order, Arnita. It seems like there are fewer and fewer people that you feel safe about talking to about these particular topics that you mention in your book. And I certainly find myself shrinking back from those discussions. You know, I, I just don't know anyone today who doesn't have at least one friend or one relative with whom they disagree a lot about some of these topics. And so we all really need to learn a new language of healing. We need to figure out how to talk about these things without them becoming a battleground. Now let's talk particularly about Christian leaders because it's Christians and Christians of all kinds, not just leaders, because I believe really every Christian is a leader. We all influence someone. And so we need to move into conversations like this. What would you say to encourage Christians Christian leaders particularly, to encourage them along those lines? Uh, you know, Christ leadership is about relationships. But the one thing that a good leader, a great leader, let me take it, let me kick it up some notches. Great leaders always are always challenging and developing their followers, uh, the people who work alongside them and, and move and, and create outcomes with them to have accountability to personal behavior. You know, a language of feeling is really about your personal behavior. How do you want to show up? Can't control anyone but yourself. You won't answer to anyone uh, about your answers. You will answer to God for your answers individually. So this is really a book about individual personal behavior. Actually, leaders teaching people on personal accountability should be a primary leadership competency. Often it gets pushed to the wayside of goals and ethics and excellence and all that stuff. Actually, personal uh, behavior accountability should be at the top of the list for great leaders. Uh, again, so just, just like uh, if you make a poor decision, you have to own the outcomes of the poor decision. And, and if you make a mistake, you have to earn the outcomes of the mistake. But we can't defer responsibility when it's an individual thing. We can't defer, we can't blame others for the outcomes when we're in it. So uh, I would just encourage spiritual leaders, any leader, to make sure that you are discipling people in personal responsibility, behavior, and accountability when they come into conversations like these. What do you want to leave there? What do you want to plant there? What do you want them to remember? Or what do you want them to go do or think about after that dialogue with you? Very important, personal accountability. It builds integrity. It makes people reflect. Uh, it slows things down. It builds mindfulness. Another quality the leader should always be challenging uh, others to be developed in mindfulness. Are you mindful of the words that are coming out of your mouth? There's so many biblical, there's so much biblical foundation for that. So that's what I would encourage them to do. I love that, Arnita. 
Well, in our next video, we're going to talk about the five practices of a peacemaker, and it's going to be very practical. You will not want to miss it. And if you want to be the kind of person that can have the discussions that Ornita is talking about, you will definitely want to join us. So thank you, Ornita, for joining us for this video, and we look forward to the next one. Thanks for listening to the Beyond Ordinary Women podcast. You can find more podcast episodes and resources for women in leadership by going to beyondordinarywomen.org. This podcast is produced by Beyond Ordinary Women Ministry. Our production team includes Evelyn Babcock, Kay Daigle, Deborah Herring, and Sharifa Stevens. Theme music, Back in Stride by Don Miller, used courtesy of Christine Miller. <laughs>